Recorded live in Manhattan's East Village at St. Mark's Church in the Bowery, this is The Poetry Project. Good? Okay. Wonderful. So, um, the violence of guns is perhaps rivaled by the violence of recipes. I don't mean that the two of these things are the same or that one should attempt the convoluted evaluation necessary to affect their cultural equivalents, but I mean that procedural methods of arriving at the elemental possibility of sustenance and death have to be produced by an apparatus of procedure, which is, in its linear movement, violent. When I invited Montana Ray to read here, she asked me if she might use tonight as a night to dispose of, through fire, her personal archive. This church is the second oldest church, I think, in Manhattan, um, and already burned down at least once, and we only rent space here, and it's raining outside, so, um, so we won't witness that tonight, but I got to thinking a lot in recent weeks about the way in which that constriction or parenthetical inscription of reading might occur in a poetics, or really how it does in Montana's. So in Guns and Butter, Montana seems to be pointing to, through the calligrammatic um, or pictorial constraint of writing, uh, toward the anonymization of, of the tool of violence that is bent out of this shape and back into questions of things like motherhood, of attachment and detachment, and notably of a poetry that in its abbreviation and self-parenthesizing, if that's a word, and I think it is, um, confounds the experience of reading as an act of linear sentencing. So, indeed, in the recipes that are also part of the poetics of Guns and Butter, the reader, I mean I, because I was the reader, feel that odd impersonality of the overt imperative of the recipe, as though the selfhood of food were stripped away. It is ready when a wooden pick comes out clean. So then, one wonders about the destruction of one's personal archive. Does it fall within the parenthetical, and is, this parent, and, and is this parenthetical what seems to contain the germ of the ephemeral? Is this outside of procedure, and is this, the, is this uh, lineament of writing a uh, container for sustenance? How does the violence of the poem drop away into the two-dimensional fragmentation of the continuity that constitutes violence, and does care, perhaps, emerge out of the three-dimensionality of speech through the anti-titular acts of anonymous reinscriptions of instruments or uh, of, if not instrumentalizations, of disassociated but reproducible sites of doubling negation? Those are questions that I have, anyway. Um, so please welcome Montana Ray to the Poetry Project. so much Judah that was an amazing introduction um, can you guys hear me is that good okay so I'm gonna read in kind of an archaeological way starting on what I'm working on now and going back to guns and butter um, this book is it's for my dad it's called sluts and love um, the first poem I'm gonna read is um, so I, I just, I'm going through a really bad breakup, and uh, I've been following my ex's Instagram, and so this is uh, some text sourced from that Instagram, which I said, I emailed him at this poem also, which is great. Okay, so Style Wars. I see you, Juan Rufo, baby. Oh, hey, Harajuji Campus. Thank you, Sun Ra. Thank you, Sorwana. Bye, New York. Hello, Oaxaca. Ulysses Querion, I'm your home. You can't come. Monica de la Torre, Elio Oichisica, Marta Minujin, Marta Minujin, Triptych. You're so much better than you know. Oh, Yoko, please don't do that, Botero. Okay, so this is um, another poem from the same, uh, 
same mood. Uh, it's called Ulipoing the Fuck Out of Your Last Text. Do you guys know Ulipo? Okay, so Ulipo is a, it's a poetry movement in Paris in the 70s. It was a combination of mathematicians and, uh, and literati who used constraints to make poetry. And so this constraint is called N plus seven, where you take your text and then you replace every noun in the text with a noun that is seven more nouns in the dictionary. So I did something like that to, to make this poem. So Ulipoing the fuck out of your last text. I'm touched by that, Montana, I really am, but I'm no longer braided into your hair or interested in talking about artists who work with braids as their medium or even with braids as a component of their work. And I think it'll be truly a while before I'm able to again. Meanwhile, I'll be making sculptures of your vagina. I'm touched by that, Montana, I really am, but I'm a secretive, jealous, terrifying baby on the inside. And I think it'll be a while before I'm able to open myself up and sing out like the largest and lowest pitched musical instrument in the brass family crashing my palms into the steering wheel like birds to Professor Longhair who made this record after his house burned down. And frankly, I may never open up like that again, not with you in the passenger seat. I'm touched by that, Montana. I really am, but I'm probably the Grim Reaper. I'm touched by that, Montana. I really am, but while as a Scorpio I'm supposed to be sexual, I really just want to be in love, death stare, death stare. And I think it'll be a while before I'm able to open myself up, re-slow sex in the rain again, though, be, though to be dead honest, in the meantime, I would not hesitate to mess you up emotionally if that's the kind of passion you go in for in that denim coat of yours, feeling self-pity in that forgivable way of yours, wondering if you have cancer of the mouth yet. Why aren't you afraid of yourself? I'm touched by that, Montana, I really am. But I'm no longer living on this planet. No, I don't want to meet you at the Coney Island Planetarium. And I think it'll be a while before I'm able to open my eyes to what this might have been. And it might not have been anything after all. You're the one who needs a freaking star chart. This has nothing to do with Ami. So Ami is my son. He has a star chart right now for good behavior on recess. Um, okay, so let's see. I'm, I wrote a nice poem about him too <laughs> when we were in love. Should I read that one or should I do should I show you my archive first? Which do you feel like? The love poem? Do everything. I'm gonna do it all, but what what do you feel like first? Jericho. <laughs> okay, so this is a long love poem. We went to New Orleans this summer. Um I'm, I'm not going to read it. I'm going to start in the middle of it. Um, but basically, they've gone to New Orleans and they're in love. That's all you need to know. <laughs> okay. There are a lot of loops in evolution. I don't even like that word. How did I get here to my black tea addiction and ringing ear? Something about preferring to walk with you around a sculpture garden. They have always been in my poetry. Sculpture gardens like you must have been, only disguised as everyone I've ever loved. Here we are again. Hello. Pretty skin, pretty dress. My arms, I have had them since I was a baby. Sometimes they have been fat and sometimes thin. I want to be your muse, but would be most unokay with seeing myself as a sculpture. But here you are in my poem, walking around, pointing out the guy who paints fat people, made a sculpture of a fat woman holding a fattish child, standing on top of a thin man. Later, I will stand on you in bed. No, don't do that, you'll say. Then I'm writing... Old poets don't worry about the right door in. They are so used to writing behind their lover's back. You are taking out your laundry from the, our laundry from the dryer. You had previously done the dishes and meditated. I see polyamory as the natural next step to these actions, but I hate that word. Someone really did choose the word wrong there. I think I am not anxious enough about my use of it. I don't care enough. 
So now that I've said I'd rather love you unconditionally than romantically, you are free to hate me, but only for a little while, because then I would like to make some art with you. Yes, you are milling about and I am writing, so we are making something, but this is not like making art with you. This is like your ass as a sculpture in some garden. I was in a nasty, sad mood. You can see it in the weather, but it's clearing up now. I thought maybe we will finally be in sync enough to get a sandwich, but I don't eat bread and you don't know me. But that doesn't mean we can't just go on a bike ride later. I definitely feel committed to our art, which is us climbing into a, the mouth of a community project above the Mississippi and dropping ourselves onto the river's bank and taking off our matching underwear there. What color are you wearing under there? Well, it's obvious where this one is going back to bed. You finger fucking me against the wall after head to head on the pillow. We talk about monogamy and I basically say this won't work. You head to a museo and I to the doctor for my ear. Mano a mano, this doctor is handsome. There are holes in my sneakers for my blue shoelaces to pass through a new me. How many times I've come here in summer as the old me, doing my best to take care of my holes. My ears look nothing like orchids, but maybe. Believe in yourself, enjoy the moment. The next morning I am sitting in our site-specific site where we twisted up our panties literally an utter failure to be anything but heteronormative, pink for me, blue for you, and how you hopped the fence and helped squealing me over each way, white knockoff keds like we're kids. Are you the white knight and what does this sun have to do with it? The weather said tea storms all week. We'd be in town, but now I'm feeling like your weather app is a mood ring. I have your passcode. It is the year we were born backward. What, you don't have my thumbprint? You said, LOL. Here's the thing. We tried so hard to be in sync. We wore matching undies all week. Shut up. Sometimes you cheated or pulled down my bike shorts to see what color my undies were. Red. Maybe here's a good place to mention my politics. The Pizza Huts. How my astrologist said, buy up all the Pizza Huts with your enormous wealth and the rage which has been packed for years into your hole. Buy them up and convert the Pizza Huts to minstrel huts. I am starting to feel something about the page. It is far from arbitrary. Here is a graph notebook. I am writing you, I am writing to you while you are packing, tidying up the apartment to meet me here. You made such pretty knots of our undies, so compact, and I like that about you, what you do with your hands. They are not just any hands. You have lovely fingernails. I feel scraggle-toothed by comparison. The last flecks of graffiti or gutter or whatever the nail polish color Nalini painted on my nails while we were out are clustered and barely noticeable on my thumbs. Salt and pepper scattered on the lumber mesa these dog days of summer I am writing in my new white bra. What we did here to disturb the environment with our gender norms is far, far less a sin than the oil rigs than Donald Trump buying up New Orleans. Later at the bike shop, they called the Bywater Williamsburg South. Luckily, we don't live in a glass house, but baby, I am full of milk and tea and don't want to make a move this morning. Perhaps it's best to leave on a high note. Perhaps we should stay another day. I think I'm absolved of my fear I'll lose custody because we jumped a fence last night and tied our undies to a rope in an old wharf converted into a community art space. I came here today to write this poem. Buying new underwear was the next step of this project, but I am afraid we will not be able to do that unless we stay until tomorrow. Does indecision kill a relationship? I hear you inside playing acoustic guitar, which should, I am sure, only be used to play Spanish music. Does indecision kill a relationship? It is killing me, that is true. Later, we do, des we do decide to stay. We make it to the underwear shop, which has changed to reflect the client's needs. It is now on Jackson Square and full of, how did she put it, costume attire. 
but really there has always been a stripping culture here. That is why I buy my panties here year after year. And here we are again performing gender norms, as you two would like to own a bra. I will get you one for Christmas, but I'm glad to have completed our art project, and we left a few sound sculptures approving the ones that fit. I want to be a writer because I am a woman with size 32 double D breasts. This is not an unusual cup size in America. You like my singing voice. You are one of a very small number of people who have heard and have liked my singing voice. You read Ann Carson to me, a poem where she wrote about her husband and her honeymoon and how living in the same small house was too much monogamy. And this is funny because I want you to live in my house, but I don't want to be monogamous because rape, 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 and etc. You said there was no comparable experience for men of our underwear shopping, of our taking in my figure behind a curtain, that kind of performance where you're not allowed in because people do nasty things, but we wouldn't, I assure the sales girl. He can stand at the curtain and you can flash him. All art has a bit of serendipity to it because I was wearing this kind of shirt I could show you how small a 32 band size is. And then I took that shirt off and was wearing only a skirt that I could show you how small a 32 band size is. And this is stolen time and this is finally the day we could do whatever we wish. What a trip, baby. If there is something you can get famous doing, I suggest you start doing it or keep doing it. You tied our undies in such beautiful knots around the rope in the wharf come public art piece before us. Iron and community, us, us, cotton and gender norms. Sorry to hammer it home. The rub is we tried so hard matching our undies every day and I want to be non-monogamous. We tabled that question for now, which was a fine decision. Goddamn, make a poem from this. White towel around my body. I dragged a repurposed table out onto the condo complex balcony. I think listening to your fucking Bob Dylan is... You read my mind and turned it off, gracias. I don't care if it's some hippie shit if it's in Spanish. I don't want to own anything, but yesterday I bought a house. And today I bought three lace bras. They are all white like I am. Color is not literal, but I am literally white. And how they talk about race in Sweden like... I don't know, pretty limited, but I know you'll kill me if we don't go biking. Not a word. I am so angry at myself for not writing, for not knowing how to write a word. Let's just ride our bikes over the train tracks and count the train tracks, and later we can walk on the train tracks. I want something from outside the loop. What can I pull in, like, say, a horse? I've had a horsehair violin bow in my poems, childhood psychology, but what I want is a faceless abstraction of a pink horse, wrong, a yellow horse, and cuddled up next to it is a representation of another horse, this time orange. You can be a pain in the root chakra. I'm crying on the plane because I'm going back to my son in a big house I don't know what to do with. I'm crying because there are drag queens who lived through the AIDS crisis and also through 9-11 and took up the mantle and who had good enough singing voices to give us an anthem. I am crying also because I am in love with you and you are sitting beside me on this plane ride home and we met online where and while I was shopping for a new home too. You are very close to my idea of home. In the plane bathroom I felt a little panic coming on because I'd rather be in your arms than in my new big house with all those windows to break into and the doors. The first night I moved into my now ex-house, I laid awake most of the night cold with fear. I thought my ex-human was going to come over and kill me. What a drag it would be if you, my Buddhist friend, turned out to be a psychopath. How did you never hear of Gloria Steinem? That's the end of that. <laughs> okay, so now I want to show you guys. Actually, um, I want to pass out something and show a video while I'm passing it out. So maybe you can. I think you can keep two. You can keep it one. Um, so this is the last project I was working on uh, before I was writing poems again, and. Um, it was with the archive, my archive. Here, I'm going to play this video that I made. Can you guys? Hey, um, can you be a little bit quiet? 
Can you guys hear it? My reading. Kind I'd of. I'd like to read a book with you guys about um, the archive. It actually is an archive. I built an archive of my treasured documents, correspondence. Ami, can you open that, sweetie? Um, it should be key. Of my, of my treasured documents, um, my letters to my sisters, um, stuff my mom made um, for her family, and she passed away in 1989. Uh, ephemera, poems, things I love. And I burnt it all. And then now Deodane, if all goes as planned, is making paper out of these images, or out of these, rather, ashes, um, mixing them with cotton. And I'm going to sell this book, this new consumable archive, the rare um, book and library, the rare book and manuscript library at Columbia University. So it will be archived. Um, I mean, I would not otherwise have my archive collected by them. I'm not a Mary Baraka for many reasons, but um, yeah, in this way, through the destruction of the archive will lead to its um, uh, a survival. So, I mean, that's one issue. I think other issues that this project raises are issues of communities of objects and also the communities that, that are around objects um, and also accessibility in the archive. So, I hope for the rest of the this Two minutes they have left. We can have some questions about that project. Okay, thank you. Okay, so then that was um, I did these like readings of the book that were not. I mean, there's no book. It was just like burned things. Um, so they weren't really readings, but they were like people asking questions about the archive, and it was just really a way to for me to think through archival work and. Now, what the papers that you guys have, I, I did end up working with Diodane, and we mixed the ashes with cotton pulp to reconstitute the archive as these giant blank pages. Um, and they're really, I mean, they're as like, tall as I am. Um, but I cut them up so you guys each have a part of them now. And they're conveniently postcode things. Did you get some? Oh, yeah, OK, good. So yeah, I want, um, if you guys go out and buy uh, stamps, then you should send one to me. Please, can you guys all write down my address? <laughs> it would be nice if it were like a love letter. That would be really good. Um, so uh, let me know when you're ready. And the other one you can send to like whoever you want to send them to. They can also be a love letter. Okay, so my address is 2909 Clarendon Road. Brooklyn, New York, 11226. Um, C-L-A-R-E-N-D-O-N. 11226. Do you need a pen? Okay, thank you. <laughs> Team, okay, great. So, yeah, that would be the next step of this project is to receive um, some love letters for from you guys. Um, so then going back after, but um, before I started grad school and was doing like weird projects like that, um, which I like think of as poetry but aren't really poetry, I was um, writing poems and I was writing poems in the shape of vaginas. So I'll just read one of those, but it's, there it is on the page so you guys can see the vagina. 
or mandorla, if you will. Um, okay. Male or female friend, maybe at some point you'll feel I'm taking dead aim at you because I make poem mom look nice and easy. It's not. Getting shot at. Look, I'm not saying anyone's pain is less real, but I wasn't in prison for 18 years for stealing $11 unarmed with no witnesses. I know I'm better to the kid when we host a house guest, and so I host and keep my eyes on that 100% abuser-free existence. My life looks nice on my iPhone. Sure, you can see. In my brow, I worry. Money and empty trust fund is something but it isn't a neon white absence it's no missing tooth my mom is an angel in heaven I mean pity I came into it young listen Sundays I make little red whisper slut in my ear I whisper back I was white I was a woman I was 142.7 pounds so going back over my work I've like weirdly noticed this like this like body project of just like gathering all this data about my body, which has been, and it's funny to go back through your arch through your work and through your archive and see what kind of obsessions you have over the over the course of it. Um, before that, I was making an artist book. I wish I, I had a copy of this, but we've sold most of them to like museums, um, which is great. But I don't have a copy anymore. But it's like an artist book that I made with Maria Stabio, um, and it was based on this poem uh, that Alice Notley wrote called "At Night the States." And I just wrote that poem like every day over the summer using kind of her form, but my words. So I'll read you the last section of that. It's called Coxsackie. And if it's not trouble breathing, it's Coxsackie. Sucks like it sounds and no babysitter will touch us except the sister because she must and some bro of a friend she brought over to bake apple pie and watch me do yoga and sugar torture short shorts. I've thought it'll be okay. Children are like grass on a hill. They hang in there. On the first day of preschool, he says, you sleep in a hotel, which is a little weird. I say women own 1% of the world's property, a nabe with a new name for the new neighbors, pushing out shepherds further and further, a photographer who photographs a woman eating a box of chicken who gives a fuck about how the colors pop, pink, Leggings, gas station gray, and the police presence. Man, can they ruin a sandwich. I'm not the government's top threat, unlikely to cause much unrest with these slender volumes, nor do I lip off to the cop telling him to turn around as I get my skinny dipping ass out of the apartment complex pool, spend the night in jail wrapped in toilet paper like my sis, nor do I cut fences and cross onto military bases like my other sister. Here I am on the crosswalk, scattering chicken bones or pushing a stroller in a grocery cart as ladies in church hats tease me gently, tied to, for 18 plus to a sociopath. Kaksaki, daddy's stuck on the train, says a, the little cupcake in the visitation waiting room. Stomach punch, says B, and are there worse things? Today, Troy Davis's execution, the difference between paying my sitter promptly and paying my government to kill and scurry about the hill. Troy Davis, I love you like I love teen girls. Teen girls, I love the language you're inventing, and I love your neon. One day, may you own your own kitchen and say to your baby, get out of the oven, Sylvia Plath. Trying to be oneself in a social context sucks like Hoksaki. You're a 34 double D, $300, says the clerk. Do you want to know the rest of my numbers? The woman shuffling down the street, stringy greasy hair, cartoon sweatshirt, she is muttering my numbers. And that man is shockingly a person asleep beneath fiberglass dreaming about my numbers. Put that in your change cup. I want to wash myself in ink the way the word sounds like itself. What's the word for me? Not myself. Montana, daughter, sister, breeder, up late tonight. And then, um, let me see, how much time do I have? How much time? Time, like 10 minutes? 
Five minutes? Eight minutes. All right, perfect. For the last, uh, the last eight minutes, I will read from my new book. Well, but it's, as you can see, it's kind of old. Like, I feel like these poems are old. Um, but they're goodies, too. So this is from Guns and Butter. Um, these are all concrete poems. Also, they're shaped like guns. Um, so you can see them there. And mm, the book is also mixed with cooking recipes. So. Green Lime Woman. Every Disney princess has a figure, even when she's a frog. Makes me want to be just a pink anus and hairy hair tied with a silky bow of purple cow guts, stuffed in silk stockings with golden seams, then you'd leave me alone. Instead, in this panda town, I'm just so hot and cuddly. Make them give me free drinks, appreciate the little things, make them follow me home on the train, looking like I'm going to split you right in two. Una pistola bajo el vestido. Glock mama playing with the big boys now, fingering no diminutive gun, your curls salute the night. Smoking Glock mama, red lipstick mama, if the camera is God, it understands the complexities of a woman with her blouse undone, holding a machine gun on an album cover. And a woman below her covers, a gun below her night slip for her pinche, husband, uncle, guardian. Remember that year the spirits wanted champagne, which we gave them in brunches with pancakes and brilliant dalliances? Strange how close we were to the White House, now so otherworldly when you text me, happy anniversary of you cheating on me. What to say of my infidelity except which one? I'm a very imperfect woman is a line from a movie made to sell handbags I don't want, this luggage of language, no poem homage to my beauty. Just take off my ring and do the clasp of my earring, make my eyes gleam like the many pretty fish off the coast of cancer, darling what pretty party streamers darting in and out of coral. Mm. Save the drama for when you're a mama. To be dog-eared with rumor takes more than a gold dress, more than an absentee father to put a leash on your gal. I'm no drama queen, but once I called a famous poet at 2 a.m. His name was next to my sister's and my iPhone, and it was a raw year of phone weeping, of weeping in public. Strangers offered to hug me. Others left me to it, weeping into my latte, fancy sandwich, and infant's red face. Each noon was the end of Anna Karenina. Tell me your secrets, dearest reader. I can keep them. A lot depends on nap time. Whether I loosen my chastity belt or lose my sanity, order the soup or ask for la cuenta, sometimes I'm pleased to be a calf and cow or litter and sow. Upon waking, he'll play with my hair. While I succeed in writing, look, it's super mom, the people rejoice. Kalinda, what love and light. He's not screaming. In this country, having a kid doesn't ghetto your ass to mom and baby yoga class. So I check out our waiter's ass, Kalindo. Customs motherfuckers. Holding my passport, the officer says, nice. Nice like a gun show. I think he means I've lost weight. You've lost a lot of weight, he says. But that baby, must be he looks like daddy. Where is daddy? In D.C., huh? Is he a politician? I dig in my bag, diapers, contraband crackers, a toy giraffe for my license, thinking, well, here's a rum cake family anecdote, like when Aunt Mary told the cops a flasher had flashed her their first question, well, and what were you wearing? Give back this milk truck of memory. That blue milk morning, sex like sugar, full of abandon. I thought you were Jesus with a black crown of thorns, the sex-dirty mattress abandoned by a housemate. Housemates dropped like flies that year, and we didn't bother posting any more ads on Craigslist. The abandoned blue room was a nice change of hue from my blue room with the baby. Little nipple slasher, I can't describe the pain. 
and we couldn't enter your room by that point. The mount of paraphernalia, t-shirts, blunt objects, bottles of agave waited for you as we're waiting years later in the supervised visitation office. Mm, back to the future. When you look at the scars on your thighs, do you ever think he could be like his father or red flag re how he treats the guinea pigs or what did it have to do with sudden weaning? My dad'll dilute his dad's poison. I've tough-mindedly thought it's the weather. We'll weather it. We'll dance it. I'm such a pair. Mother and father, I'm a whole freaking village. So a shark tore me to pieces. Oh, well. Stop suffering, a baby shark says. Stop it. Stop being sad. Um, I'll read one more. Okay, so... This is, yeah, this was about, I was having like a text relationship with like a famous romance novelist. It was really fun. <laughs> so it's called He Gives Good Text. <laughs> Meanwhile, my idol suggests we go someplace so I can show him my stretch marks. What did you call them? The lion's mistimed leap in a past life. I, being the gazelle in that scenario, bet the ladies of a certain generation really go for that. My friend who found pharmacology antidote to his born-again Lebanese by way of Detroit upbringing told me about a cop with a list of women he wants to eat. Don't take it personally how my mind makes these leaps. Point of fact, lionesses do the hunting. Okay, thank you guys. So, Jericho Brown. Um, so there's something that only an LG of the be beginning can do in ascribing an end or understanding that any ars poetica is so because it describes the end of a practice that cannot but perpetuate itself. I find myself feeling in reading Jericho Brown's work that elegy as it bears resemblance is to that end that finds itself in the germ of thought at the point of all memory. Um, it's your face I wanted, spent days at the dentist trying to get the smile right, writes Brown. And elsewhere he writes, back when I was God, I had friends. And he writes, then another century came. People like me forgot their names. Forgetting is an act of naming, as naming is a birth into abstraction, finds its way into Brown's poems quite a bit. But it's a questioning of the nature of this anticipation, which is what, to me, opens the space of the poems, particularly in the New Testament, which I've been quoting from. To take just one example where I think that space is open, his poem Football closes, which of us is too drunk to stagger home? Not me, I can drink a few more, watch the Patriots or the Cowboys or another very long war right here on this stool, watching my money work for me, the heat up and me comfortable enough to complain about it. Our rhetoric of distance, and all memory is a distance of rhetoric, begins with the lengthening of time to an immemorial border. Maybe that border is the negative mirror of writing, but that mirror is also the one that must be held to absence as the stuff that cordons memory within its inverted other and which then gets up on its stool. It's my pleasure to welcome Jericho Brown to the Poetry Project. Hi, how y'all doing? Good, thank you so much for that introduction, Judah. And thank you, uh, Montana, for that, um, for that reading. And uh, you gave me an idea. I was on the phone before I came here with my good friend, um, Philip Williams, who is the author of a book all of you should read. It's called Thief in the Interior, uh, which just came out. It's his first book of poetry. I'm very proud of him. And I'm uh, very proud to have a copy of that book in my possession, finally. Um, he was making fun of me because he said, uh, there's two things about Jericho Brown. He spends a lot longer. He's, he takes more time trying to figure out 
what to read and what to wear to read than he does actually giving the reading. And <laughs> so I thought, and that's true. Um, I don't know why, and I'm always really nervous about readings. Like I always feel like uh, it's the worst thing that ever happened to me. I just feel like, you know, when I give a reading, I always feel like this is, you know, really, really bad. And then I think I have to remember that my ancestors used to pick cotton in Louisiana. And then I have to, then I feel better about it. But I, like I have to go all the way there in order to feel better about it. Y'all know what I mean? So, um, so, but, but he, he also made fun of the fact not only that I um, take a long time to pick poems, but I take a long time ordering poems. Like they have to be in just the right order. So I put them in just the right order. So what I'm gonna do, I think, is I'm going to read all of the poems that I put in order backwards, okay? Which is huge for me. <laughs> Are y'all all right with that? I, I, I we'll see. <laughs> if I start crying in the middle of this, somebody will come give me a hug, right? All right, thank you. Um, my friend Anthony is here. Hey, Anthony. Anthony's a famous singer and dancer and writer. He's in a, um, a play, a musical called um, child, I'm about to call it the thing, uh, Mighty Real. He's in Mighty Real. I was about to call it Got to Be Real because I was watching that last night. I'm sorry. I was watching something and I got all my reels mixed up. He's in Mighty Real playing Sylvester. Do y'all know Sylvester? You know Sylvester? Sing Sylvester. That's, that's not no singing. <laughs> anyway, he's playing, he's playing Sylvester and it's coming to Broadway. So y'all look at him real good and y'all go see it, okay? And Courtney's here, too, looking all cute. Hey, Courtney. I'm good. I'm good as long as I can look at you. I mean, yes, God. Okay, I'm just going to read some poems. Y'all good with that? All right. Heart condition. I don't want to hurt a man, but I like to hear one beg. Two people touch twice a month in ten hotels and... We call it long distance. He holds down one coast. I wander the other like any African-American. Africa with its condition and America with its condition. And black folk born in this nation content to carry half of each. I shoulder my share. My man flies to touch me. Sky on our side sky above his world I wish to write which is where I go wrong words are a sense of sound I get smart my mother shakes her head my grandmother sighs he ain't got no sense my grandmother is dead she lives with me I hear my mother shake her head over the phone. Somebody cut the cord. We have a long distance relationship. I lost half of her to a stroke. God gives to each a body. God gives every body its pains. When pain mounts in my body, I try thinking of my white forefathers who hurt their black bastards quite legally. I hate to say it, but one pain can ease another. Doctors rather I take pills. 
My man wants me to see a doctor. What are you when you leave your man wanting? What am I now that I think so fondly of airplanes? What's my name? Whose is it while we make love? My lover leaves me with words I wish to write. Flies from one side of a nation to the outside of our world. I don't want the world. I only want African sense of American sound. Him touching this body aware of its pains. Greetings, earthlings. My name is slow and stumbling. I come from planet trouble. I am here to love you, uncomfortable. Stand. Peace on this planet, or guns glowing hot. We lay there together as if we were getting something done. It felt like planting a garden or planning a meal for a people who still need feeding. All that touching or barely touching, not saying much, not adding anything, the cushion of it, the skin and occasional sigh, all seemed like work worth mastering. I'm sure somebody died while we made love. Somebody killed somebody black. I thought then of holding you as a political act. I may as well have held myself. We didn't stand for one thought, didn't do a damn thing. And though you left me, I'm glad we didn't. Homeland. I knew I had jet lag because no one would make love to me. All the men thought me a vampire. All the women were women. In America that year, black people kept dreaming that the president got shot. Then the president got shot, breaking into the White House. He claimed to have lost his keys. What's the proper name for a man caught stealing into his own home? I asked a few passengers. They replied, Jigger. After that, I took the red eye. I took to a sigh deep as the end of a day in the dark fields below us. Some slept, but nobody named security ever believes me confiscated my atripla. My Celexa, my Cortisone, my Clonopin, my Flexeril, my Zyrtec, my Nazarel, my Percocet, my Ambien. Nobody in this nation feels safe, and I'm still a reason why. Every day something gets thrown away on account of long history or hair or fingernails, or 
Yes, of course, my thanks. Uh, Elin Harris was probably the most commercially successful black or gay novelist of his time, writing 10 consecutive books of popular fiction that made the New York Times bestseller list. Um, he died of heart disease in 2009. And he was, uh, he was 54 years old. I'm just talking about him a little bit because I'm going to mention him in this next poem. The Ten Commandments. But I could be covetous. I could be a thief. I could want and work for, could wire and deceive. I thought to fool the moon into a doubt. I did some doubting, Lord, forgive me. In New Orleans that winter, I waited for a woman to find me shirtless on her back porch. Why? She meant it rhetorically and hit me with open hands. How many times can a woman say, why? with her hands in the moonlight. I counted 10 like light breaking hard on my head. 10 rhetorical whys and half a moon, half nude. I let her light into me. I could be last on a list of lovers Joe Adams would see and first to find his wife slapping the spit out of me. I could be sick and sullen. I could sulk and sigh. I could be a novel character by E. Lynn Harris, but even he'd allow me some dignity. He loved black people too much to write about a wife whipping her rival on a night people in Louisiana call cold. He'd have Joe Adams run out back and pull her off of me. He wouldn't think I deserved it. Host. We want pictures of everything below your waist, and we want pictures of your waist. We can't talk right now, but we will text you into coitus, all thumbs, all bi, coastal, and discreet, and masculine, and muscular, no whites, everybody atop. We got a career to think about, no face, we got kids to remember, no one over 29, no one under 30. Our exes hurt us into hurting them, disease free, no drugs. We like to get high with the right person. You got a girl, bring your boy. We visiting room at the W, names D, names J. We DJ, we Trey, we Troy, we Q, we not send in a face. Where should we go tonight? You coming through? Please know what a gym looks like. Not much time, no strings, no place, no face. Be clean. We haven't met anyone here yet. Why is it so hard to make friends? No games. You still coming through? Latinos only. Blacks will do. We can take one right now. 
text it to you. Be there next week. Be there in June. We're not a phone person. We can host, but we won't meet without a recent pick and a real name and the sound of your deepest voice. I watched The Wiz the other night. Did you watch it? Did you love it? Did you like it enough? Did you like it? It's just, I, um, Mary was doing too much? Everybody stop, everybody on this, everybody on that row going back, stop. Mary was the best thing about The Wiz. Yeah, yeah, yeah um, Courtney, you, you're, you can leave. Uh, the best thing about The Wiz, and um, you know, I love, I love, I have a deep and abiding love for Mary J. Blige because um, when I was younger, you know, you know, when I was younger, I, um, I saw her in this in interview. I think it was, it was like after Video Soul. You remember Donnie Simpson? Do y'all know Don? Y'all don't know Donnie Simpson. Never mind. But he used to have his TV show. But after him, there was a host. And um, he, the host brought Mary J. Blige on. And Mary J. Blige was sort of like really not feeling like being interviewed. Like she kept rolling her eyes. It was really, I, I, you know, I loved every moment of it, right? Um, but he asked her, he said, you know, how is this new album different from, you know, what, what you've been doing? And, and, you know, how do you see the tour that you're going on as being different from what you've done in the past? And she answered the question. And then he said, okay, well then how are things, how do you think of things as being the same as what you've done before? And Mary J. Blige, bless her heart, and this is why I have forever been the biggest Mary J. Blige fan on the planet. Mary J. Blige said, out of her mouth, I'll never forget this, she said, well, you know, it ain't a Mary J. Blige song if I don't miss a note and I don't mind doing it. As long as I sing the song, I got to get to the, from the beginning to the song to the end of the song. I don't care nothing about missing a note. <laughs> and that made me so happy. Anyway, so I watched The Wiz the other night and um, I have poems in my first book uh, with titles like Scarecrow and Tin Man and, um, and This is Lion. I wish you tamed. I wish what you fear. A night alone in the forest. A father who leaves you there. I wish you were 10 years old again and in love with Marvin Gaye. I wish you saw his daddy shoot him. I wish you asthma, an attack in the field, a lump in your chest, a doctor who won't touch it. I wish you'd live forever, afraid of dying. See the circus and be content. Animals crawling like infants for the men who made them. I wish you would sniff a man. I wish his whip sharper than fangs. I wish you could know how biteless I feel. The mouth I don't close, his head in my throat. That was really different going backwards. Um, so I wasn't going to read this poem, but then I felt like because I was reading with my with Montana, I should, so I wrote this the other day. It's a blues poem. Um, 
entertainment industry. Scared to see a movie the whole way through. I got the screamer scene, duck and get down, mass shooting blues. White folks with guns like purses and jewels. Them is the open carry, stayed in this union, mass shooting blues. When you see me coming, you see me running. When you see me running, you run too. If it's easier to get a gun than food, you got the they can, but you bet not, mass shooting blues. I don't have kids, cause I'd have to send them to school. I'm singing that left-handed plan for parenthood, mass shooting blues. When you see me coming, you see me running. If you can outrun a bullet, you ought to run too. Scared to see a movie all the way through. Get down, low down, prime time news, mass shooting blues. Second language. You come with a little black string tied around your tongue, knotted to remind where you came from and why you left behind photographs of people whose names need no pronouncing. How do you say God now that the night rises sooner? How dare you wake to work before any alarm? I am the man asking, the great grandson made so by the dead tenant farmers promised a plot of land to hew. They thought they could own the dirt they were bound to. In that part of the country, a knot is something you get after getting knocked down. And story means lie. In your part of the country, class means school. This room where we practice words like rope in our hope to undo your tongue so you can tell a lie or break a promise or grow like a story. This next poem is written for a, um, a very long list of people, a list that is much too long. Um, uh, love is the most complicated emotion, and I know that because I live in the United States. Um, this poem is for um, people like Tyrone White and Jesus Huerta and, and Sandra Bland. And, and many, many other people who have been, um, who have turned up dead in police custody um, and, and who, um, I mean, these really, unex, unex, I mean, inexplicable deaths, really like impossible ways of dying. And then, um, of course, the autopsy report always claims that they've committed suicide. So. Bullet points. I will not shoot myself in the head. And I will not shoot myself in the back. And 
I will not hang myself with a trash bag. And if I do, I promise you, I will not do it in a police car while handcuffed or in the jail cell of a town I only know the name of because I have to drive through it to get home. Yes, I may be at risk, but I promise you, I trust the maggots and the ants and the roaches who live beneath the floorboards of my house to do what they must to any carcass more than I trust an officer of the law of the land to shut my eyes like a man of God might or to cover me with a sheet so clean my mother could have used it to tuck me in. When I kill me, I will kill me the same way most Americans do. I promise you, cigarette smoke or a piece of meat on which I choke or so broke I freeze. In one of these winters, we keep calling worst. I promise that if you hear of me dead anywhere near a cop, then that cop killed me. He took me from us and left my body which is, no matter what we've been taught, greater than the settlement a city can pay a mother to stop crying and more beautiful than the brand new shiny bullet fished from the folds of my brain. Flower. Yellow bird, yellow house, little yellow song, light in my jaundiced mouth. These yellow teeth need brushing, but you admire my yellow smile. This black boy keeps singing, tiny life, yellow bile. This was going to be first because, you know, I was going to say something about being in a church. <laughs> Prayer of the backhanded. Not the palm, not the pear tree switch, not the broomstick, nor the closest extension cord, not his braided belt, but God bless the back of my daddy's hand, which holding nothing tightly against me and not wrapped in leather eliminated the air between itself and my cheek. Make full this dimpled cheek, unworthy of its unfisted print, and forgive my forgetting the love of a hand hungry for reflex, a hand that took no thought of its target like hail from a blind sky, involuntary, fast, but brutal in its bruising. Father, I bear the bridge of what might have been a broken nose. I lift to you what was a busted lip, 
Bless the boy who believes his best beatings lack intention, the mark of the beast. Bring back to life the son who glories in the sin of immediacy, calling it love. God, save the man whose arm, like an angel's invisible wing, may fly backward in fury, whether or not his son stands near. Help me hold in place my blazing jaw as I think to say, excuse me. Thank you all. The Poetry Project has promoted, fostered, and inspired the reading and writing of contemporary poetry since 1966. Consider supporting us by checking out a reading, becoming a member, or donating at poetryproject.org.